live from Estopan All In. It's the Vamos Morados Podcast. Powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Vamos Morados Podcast. We got no Benton this week, so this is Zach. I'm going to cover, take over for hosting. If, if you want to, to follow me online, I'm on Twitter at Zach W. Allen. And we have another special guest host this week, Becky from Beautiful Game Network. You want to hello to the people, Becky? Sure. Hello, people. I'm Becky Morgan, and you can find me on Twitter at... at at Suki is a cat, S-U-K-I-I-S-A-C-A-T. I really need to change that because that's so annoying to say. <laughs> well, at least it's memorable. It's not just <laughs> your name and middle initial. So we have a whole lot of fun racing stuff to talk about this week and not a whole lot of fun Louisville City stuff to talk about, which is, I think, a nice change of pace from the last couple of weeks. Um, so, Becky, if you don't mind, I think... We will we'll do the opposite of our normal schedule, and we'll go ahead and just cover the Louisville City game first, even though it happened second. Um, sounds sounds so we good to me. To the fun stuff, because the Louisville City game was not a tournament game, so we didn't get any fun penalty kicks to talk about. <laughs> so um, this Sunday, we had a. Uh, our third match against Oklahoma City Energy at Oklahoma City. So the first two times we played them were both home games. So this is, I think it's the first time we've had a chance to go there ever. Because uh, I think we played Oklahoma City once six years ago, and that was a home game. Uh, so it's first time we've made the trip over there. Um, and it's probably the least to talk about. I think we've had with a little city game so far this season. Uh, 0-0 draw and not even really a whole lot of good chances from either side. Um, do, you have, do you have a chance to catch the game at all, Becky? No, I didn't. I kind of followed it on Twitter as it was going, like looking and seeing what people were saying and, and, and looking at the stats. And, I mean, I'm curious what you – what do you think caused that just kind of – blockade that neither side could get past were they both playing well but just evenly matched or were they both not playing that well and no one could get a leg up so my my read of it I mean Louisville was pretty in control of the game the whole game it never really it never felt like other than a couple dangerous chances I mean they, they were mostly controlling the ball that they they seem to have the ball in Oklahoma City's side of the field a lot more than Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City had it in their side of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just, they, in the first half, they had a couple really close chances where they like fired a pass in and the ball was bouncing right in front of the goal and just no one was able to tap it that last foot in or, or you know, took a couple deflections and was bouncing around and Oklahoma City managed to clear it. Uh, so it definitely, they had a couple chances. There were, a, it seemed like a lot of times where they put in crosses and just no one got on the end of, end of them. So they didn't even uh, register a shot. Um, but I, I wasn't too worried about it. It it didn't seem like they got just completely outplayed. It just was one of those games. Uh, they definitely seemed a little lackluster. Like there wasn't a spark on offense for them, but I will mention, like, 
Corbin Bone and Ombi, who've been a lot of that spark for them this season, both were out the whole game. I think from what I've seen, that was just a giving both of them rest because they've been playing a lot lately. Yeah. I, I have not heard anything about injuries um, for both of them. And then I, I think I don't want to make excuses for anybody, but I, <laughs> I've been outside lately and it was, I think 102, 140 degree, 104 degree heat index that day. So I, I, that, I that has to at least explain a little bit <laughs> of why no one seemed to be super charged up and ready to run around the whole game. So actually, question. I know the NWSL has instituted hydration breaks uh, yeah. for the women. Do Does the USL do that? Or? Yeah, it's the same rules. I, I think okay, I wasn't sure. They so, have so the same, I think they even use the same heat index as the target for it, but yeah, they oh, have okay. like 30th minute and uh, like, is it 80, 80th or 75th? I thought it I think I think it's 80th. I think okay. it's, I'm always surprised yeah. how late it is. I always expect it to be in like the 70th or something like that. But yeah, they about the same time they had the hydration breaks this game because it was hot. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that you know, it, I guess a positive to take away um, is everyone's been complaining that they haven't had a clean sheet in a while. So this is, um, this is their first clean sheet they've had in two months, I think. Um, so that's a that's positive I mean even though it was a zero zero draw they Oakland City has a good offense so keeping them from scoring I think is a a positive and honestly as far I mean that's probably what they've needed more of than scoring lately so I I think I take that away as a positive more than I take going goalless as a negative because they're still they've scored the most goals in the league so I'm not really concerned (laughs) about going scoreless for a game it's still a point I mean, yeah, I agree that, I mean, if you, you get a clean sheet, okay, the other team got a clean sheet too, but you know, if not getting clean sheets or if getting clean sheets had been your target and you get one, that's good no matter what, and you still walk away with a point. I mean, you can't complain about that too much, even if it's not perfect. I would say, you know, overall on the field, not a lot to talk about. I think a real, probably the biggest takeaway from this game is in the, what minute was it? The 64th minute, uh, Oscar Jimenez subbed in. Um, that's his, this is the first time we've seen him back off his injury. I think he only played two games at the start of the season and he, he's been out. So, um, I think that's, that's a real, real big news is to see him finally game ready again. Um, and I I think he looked, um, I mean, a, a little rusty, but definitely, um, you know, looked, looked good in the, in the minutes he got. Um, and moving forward, I think it will be very nice to have him and Gomez on the wings in the back. I think that will be a really dangerous lineup. Uh, That's great, especially getting into this part of the season. Getting a, a key player like that back is always yeah always good. And it's it's pretty good because he's coming back like it's midway through the season, but it's also I mean we had he's going to have plenty of time to round back into form before the playoffs. So it's not, it's not like a rushing him back in at the very end of the season thing. So that that's a positive. Um, I also wanted to note that um, Abdu Jam, who we've not seen at all this season, because I think he got injured preseason or during the off season, he's been out all year. He was, he did not check into the game, but he was in the, on the lineup. So that's, 
some more depth at, at forward um, moving into this um, pretty heavy away schedule. So that, that was good to see. And he's a player I always like to see. I, I think um, he's very good whenever he gets to play up top. At, he's very good at just getting into spots and, and, and getting good looks at goal. So I, I am always excited to, to see him um, potentially come back. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably, that's all I really had that, you know, zero, zero draw, not, not a lot of shots, not a lot to talk about, but good to get the clean sheet. Good to see some players we haven't seen in a while come back. And I think they're still top of the division, um, by a decent amount, um, still have scored the most goals in the the league. So, you know, a little bump, but I think not, not anything I'm very concerned about moving forward. Sounds good. All right. And I guess um, match preview, just real quick. We do have a Louisville City game, um, the 28th, uh, which I think is – pull up my calendar. So Saturday. Yeah, they're playing Saturday at Birmingham. Um, and that's, that's a team we've already played several times this season. I think Birmingham has been trouble for them. They, they have – Birmingham has played Louisville very well in all their matches. So that, that should be a good matchup this weekend. And I look forward to, to maybe seeing some of the players we're getting back, get some more minutes. Um, and hopefully we can get, get the win on the road there. I think that would be big for their momentum. Birmingham is the only uh, Loose City game that I, I, I've actually seen this season. So, In person. In person, yes. Uh, so yeah, that's, they, they have, I think tactically they have played Louisville very well. So that, that'll be an interesting matchup. Um, now we get to move on to the fun stuff. Uh, (laughs) so I guess we'll, um, we'll cover the women's cup games in chronological order. So I I think we'll start with the Chicago game. So you, do you want to give any, do you have any like, pre-match or lineup notes from that Chicago game? Well, I mean, I think the biggest surprise was at the very last second, um, Shayna being taken, uh, being put in for Nadia Nadine, who had tightness in her hamstring. Um, You know, Nadia warmed up, everybody expected her to play. And I mean, it it was announced so late, that a bunch of us were wondering if it was going to have to be a substitution because everything had already been announced. But obviously since the game didn't start, it wasn't. But um, that was kind of a surprise. And I do think that Shayna didn't have her best game, but, I mean, I can't blame her. You go up to, like, literally 30 seconds before the game starts (laughs) and expect that you're going to come in off the bench only to find you're starting. I mean, that is – I can see how it would be hard to get your feet under you for that. I think she did well. I just don't think it was her best game. Yeah. And I guess good on Nadia for having the body awareness to know – like, because uh, from what I heard, it was not anything super serious. She just, like, her leg didn't feel right, and she didn't want to play on it. And that's, that's like, a tough decision for a player to make. And, and props to her for, like, listening to her body. I can speak from experience as someone who felt some tightness in my hamstring and decided to play our rec league soccer game a couple weeks ago and have not been able to play a game, game since because I pulled my hamstring. So, 
Um, and as we'll get into it, I mean, there's such a tight schedule coming up. I mean, already these games were close together with their last game in Gotham, but then, I mean, they have even more coming up. So yeah. we need her healthy. We can't risk an injury at this point. So, what was is it like five games in, in 17 days? 17 I think days, five something absurd like that. Yeah. So you definitely <laughs> don't want to have someone like Nadia get injured at the very start of a stretch like that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's way quicker to recover before you pull something than after. Other than that, I don't, I, I'm trying to think, and I didn't even think to pull up the lineup. I don't think there are any other lineup changes that yeah, surprised me. So it, was, sure we to... it was a pretty typical lineup. Other than Shayna, um, I mean, Ebony, Kaiser, Yuki, and Shayna up top. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, Sav and Freya in the midfield, and then Simon Bonner, Real, and Fox on the back line. So I, I would say that's that's become our typical because of the two um, of the two Women's Cup games. And we mentioned this in the preview, but this one actually counted as a league game, so it's not a surprise that you sort of saw the usual starting lineup for this one. Yeah, exactly. Um. And, and as far as the game went, I, my sort of overall take on this one was I, I feel like racing maybe got away with one, uh, with this one yep. a little bit. Yeah, we, we got the draw, but we got the draw because they couldn't, I mean, I, and I don't want to take anything away from, um, from Salmon's goal because that was a thing of beauty, but we won because they couldn't convert yeah, they because, had a lot of, specifically in the second half, a ton. Yeah, of I mean, in the second half, and I mean, this is becoming so typical for us that it is beginning to worry me a little bit that we come out hard, we have a great first half, we score, and then in the second half, we just, we're worn out and teams adjust and we don't adjust to them. Yeah, and I think specifically, you know, it, it's not as if, you know, we had a lot of people back and a lot of shots were getting deflected, but that... Chicago had a lot of chances where they just missed the goal. Exactly. What, what they had, a, like Watt specifically near the end of the game, had Watt and Pew. And I was going to say Pew is the one that yeah. stands out in my Pugh, mind. Pew specifically had several, no one between her and the goal but Betos, and she just hit it wide a couple times. And that's, that's not really anything Louisville did to force that. <laughs> that's just sort of, they got fortunate, yep. I feel like. Uh -huh. I mean, there are still things I liked in the game. And I mean, I do think part of that is, again, you know, our, I don't know if maybe we could have potentially gotten a second goal if Nadim had been in earlier or something like that. I do like the fact that we saw Simon cut in and take, you know, a shot and yeah. not miss by that much. I mean, I, I like things like that. I thought we showed some, some interesting – we had some interesting moments in the game, but I agree, like, we were lucky to get – Yeah. We were lucky to get this draw. And I think that's one of the first times we've really seen Simon get forward and cause trouble this season. That She's gotten forward and gotten some crosses in and, and stuff like that, and but or passed like to the top of the box and things like that. But I don't think she's ever taken a shot before. Yeah. I, I was I was happy to see that because that, that's you want to mix it up. Um, so I yeah I I, uh, I was happy to see her cut in and, and take a shot herself rather than just cross it. 
And it took them completely by surprise. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I like that. I like that surprise element that we could potentially throw out. And it wasn't that bad a shot. I mean, it missed, but I mean, it wasn't awful. So, I mean, I, I think that she could probably convert a few of those if we, if we keep trying that. So I like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think they played terrible, but I just think overall, Chicago definitely, I felt like, probably left that game more frustrated it was a draw than, than Louisville. I agree. For sure. Uh, and then since it was playing double duty as a league game and a women's cup game, they, they left the field after the draw and came back for penalties. Um, <laughs> and, and just, it's worth saying that like this whole tournament was penalty kick chaos. I mean, the Bayern PSG game was decided on a penalty shootout, right? Mimic, like, you know, the game just previous to this one, we had a penalty shootout and then the final was determined by a penalty shootout. So there's just like more PKs than I think like anybody had ever seen in their life happened <laughs> over the course of this tournament. Well, and a, the, the Bayern PSG shootout, I, I guess was fairly controversial. I, I, I thought in person that it was a pretty, I thought they got the call correct and it was fairly clear, but I, some, uh, when I went back home and watched the feed of the game, it definitely, they did not have the best angle on it in the, um, in the coverage. So I I think maybe looked a lot more controversial on the, on TV than it did in person. Yeah. I mean, I was up in the press box, so actually kind of looking down on it from above and I, it looked pretty clearly not fully into me i'm um i was pretty much directly across from the press box on the other side of the field and i i mean i don't think i'm imagining things but i i pretty clearly saw you could see white get kicked up by the ball from where it hit the line so which is pretty clear to me that it's not a goal from that yeah it, it i was more surprised when suddenly like the players started protesting. So I, I was so certain that it was clear, but again, I, we had unique, you know, yeah. bird's eye views, but obviously the cameras didn't oh, have from the, any... from the field, like at midfield where the players stand, there's no way you could tell. No way you would be able to tell. Yeah. yeah. And of course, I mean, who wouldn't fight that just to try and get it, you know, like I can definitely see, you know, well, even, I don't remember who took that one, but even from, from the player taking the kicks perspective that that's going to look like it goes in, even if it does bounce on the line. I agree. Yeah. Um, I do always think it's funny when the, when the keeper argues those really strong where it's like, you had your back to it. There's no way you knew. That was <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I do you remember the order? Uh, well, for one, I guess a, we had a you, you did that poll on Twitter pregame, uh, and we were for, very wrong. Um, who who we thought should be the penalty takers? And I think there were multiple. There were more than one player in the five that didn't even get a single vote. I think. So part of that though, and, and Michael from Florida Lee FC made a very good point. Like we all said, or many people said salmon and she hasn't played a full 90 yet. So we should have realized she probably wouldn't. Um, clearly Bonner was a, a choice that made more sense. I would have liked to see Fox, but yeah. You know, we didn't. And, and, you know, McClure, no one had guessed McClure. Very few people guessed Yuki, which surprised me a lot, honestly. Um, but 
you know, you kind of deal with the people that are, that are on the field. And we did have some kind of odd rotation, like Nadine wasn't in. If she had gone 90 minutes, clearly she would have. Um, unforeseen things. But yeah. So there's some unforeseen some things. But also, did you Miramontes hear that Holly said that they didn't, was a big they didn't practice a single penalty kick the entire week? Because they didn't want to think it went to PKs. So, like, he just asked, like, okay, who wants to go? And and that's how they decided who was doing the penalty kicks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in that game, because we sort of started with our regular starters, it, we subbed off a couple of the people that you would have sort of expect expected near the end of the game. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, it, it worked out. <laughs> we got the win. It did. It did. I mean, again, in some cases, I mean, I don't want to say this, and I mean, penalties are such a roll of the dice as it is, but I mean, even our penalties, there were some really well-taken ones, like shout out to Sinclair Miramontez, because I never would have t- thought about her taking a penalty, and she took a beauty of a one, but like Katie McClure's, I mean, that was just such an unlucky bounce off the goalkeeper. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't have gone in if the goalkeeper had actually guessed wrong the other way because it wouldn't have bounced off her into the goal. Yeah, and so much of that, I mean, so much of penalty shootouts is a mental game. Yep. Because it's just, you don't want to telegraph where you're going to place it, but like a big chunk of it is just whether the goalkeeper gets the right jump and guesses the right direction. And so, and I do think because of that, I think it's it's really easy to overthink it as the kicker. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think a lot of times you're best off like not not focusing too much on the mental game and just because if you just uh, this is why I think like midfielders and people who are good passers are good penalty takers because uh, a lot of it is just pass it to the corner and that's almost unblockable if you if you execute it solidly. Um, yeah, I, I think we did well with penalties. I mean, considering that we had not practiced them or even, like, considered doing them ever in the history of our franchise. I mean, obviously we won, so you can't complain about that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so got the got the big win, moved on to the, the final of the Women's Cup. Um, do you have anything before we move Chicago on to the final, to cover before we move on? Yeah, before we move on, there is one thing I want to say that um, I'm not, a bunch of people may have missed this, but um, Chicago has a player, Aaron Wright, who was actually the first player um, from Kentucky to be in the NWSL. Oh yeah, I forgot that was the Chicago game. Yeah, she's from Jesmond County, went to Jesmond County High School, went to UK, was just inducted to their Hall of Fame, and has been playing for the Red Stars. I can't remember if she was drafted by the Red Stars and has always been there, or if um she got traded there but either way she's with the red star i think she's been there her whole career from what i, I think she's been there her the whole career too yeah. and after the match um i mean she got teary she said that she she cried stepping on the field and had to like pull herself together because she was so emotional about being a pro playing in her home state in front of her whole family for the first time in her life and it's something that she never thought would happen yeah and i mean she, she let's see she came out of college was it 2015, the year she was drafted? That sounds right. She's 28. Yeah. So, like, it's crazy. You know, whole time growing up, there's – not only is are there not any professional soccer teams in Kentucky, but, like, soccer is not even 
a big deal in, in Kentucky um, when she was younger. It didn't get like a ton of attention. Um, like UK and U of L have good programs, but I, I think especially 15 years ago, you know, the, it's not something you heard about a whole lot mainstream. And, you know, she's playing in college. I guess Louisville City would have started while she was in college. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're playing at a minor league baseball field. I, I don't know outside of Louisville really how much attention w- would have been paid to them, especially back then. Yeah, probably not um, much. And also, I mean, like women's soccer is very separate in culture yeah. from men's soccer. That, that probably would have been really cool. But I don't, again, you know, being in in Lexington and also looking back, you're like, oh, Lou City is a big thing. And I don't know if anybody really knew exactly what it was going to be yeah. like in its first year. And then she was practically gone after that first year yeah. and into so, Chicago. So. You know, not not only uh, just to be able to to do that and have it not even not even seem like a possibility until like literally two a year and a half or two years ago. Um and the like the quality of the stadium, it's just that had to have been, yeah, such a big night for her. I was really, she did a great post-game interview. I was really happy to see, to see all that. Yeah, and she also had a good shot on goal. I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> I <laughs> actually, didn't yeah, I think they just did have to save it. Glad it didn't go in, but I still like to see a Kentucky player doing well. So. And I'm always, again, with Louisville City and, and Racing Louisville, I, I am always really rooting for the players that have local ties. So even when they're on other teams, I'm very happy to see local, local players succeed. Agreed. Something I'm very happy with both racing and Louisville city is that they've done a very good job. I feel like of scouting for, and really, I mean, now they have the academies, which will make all that easier, but even before the academies, I think Louisville city and racing have done a very good job of any, any local players that, that have talent, they've done a good job of getting to come play for us. Yeah, I, I, I do really appreciate that, how tied they are to the community and want people from the community involved in everything. I, I do think that's one of the things that the club on a whole has done best. Yeah. So, Well, and I guess a good lead-in to the next game, speaking of the academies and local players, I think uh, – this was the first game that we have had a racing Louisville Academy player make the, the game day roster. Yep. And I'm sure that's because it was a friendly, because I don't think the she could have been on the roster in, in the regular season. She was in the preseason a couple of times, I think. Yeah. It's, I, this is where between the leagues, I'm not sure how the rules differ. Um, if, if Academy players could have played, then Olivia Moultrie would have had to sue the NWSL. Yeah, so I think that's that's a big difference. Like for Louisville City, they can have academy players on the roster for for games without having to get a full Louisville City contract to still be mm-hmm. on their academy contract. Because um, that's that's happened several times this season for for Louisville City. But I guess post Moultrie, I don't that that's maybe up in the air moving forward for for NWSL. Yeah, I think that'll all be resolved when their collective bargaining agreement yeah. is eventually is eventually done with. Um, but I have no idea how that's going to go or how long that's going to take. They're hoping by the end of the year before next season, but I mean, I I don't know if that's optimistic or not. So yeah, 
Um, but I guess just to, so we had the final on Saturday. Um, and I just want to take a moment just to, and we were talking about, you know, how it would have been crazy to even think that you could be playing in front of a, a, a hometown Kentucky crowd in a nice stadium like that a couple years ago. But I would never have imagined I'd be recapping <laughs> Louisville versus Bayern Munich. It's, it's absolutely surreal. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I've, I've texted and emailed different friends about 50 times. We beat Bayern <laughs> racing Louisville. Beat yeah. I, Cause Munich. like, I know, you know, it, it, it's a, I mean, it's a preseason tournament for the European teams. So it, sure. it, it's, you know, it's a friendly, but still that's just, I would never, never have imagined even having a friendly like that <laughs> years, several years ago. So it's, yeah, I think it's good to just take a step back and, and, and enjoy that we had the chance to, I mean, cause it was a tournament. So it, it was a somewhat, there's a trophy on the line. It's a competitive game, even though it yeah. doesn't count as a league game. And I know um, they're always going to say this, but I mean, they're competitive players and they've said yeah. they wanted to win. I mean, Baron had just won another preseason tournament. They want to go back and say, we've won every preseason tournament yeah. this year. You know, that's, that's what they wanted for their mood. I mean, PSG wanted to win so they could win one after losing the last one pretty badly. So yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's not like, life-changing for any of these teams but I mean they wouldn't have come if they weren't gonna compete and we don't get a lot of I mean that there is no Europe versus the United States club tournament that like actually matters quote air quotes so I mean this is it's pretty rare to get to play you know European teams versus NWCL teams even in a friendly so I, I think that also makes it matter a little more um I agree, I think and I, people it's have important pride. for them to learn the league. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, as I say, players have pride. They want to represent their league and their the country they play in well. So yeah, and, and they also like what they kept saying repeatedly. And I mean, I think this is true. And it was important for us the other direction too. Is there's very different styles of play in the U.S. And I mean, we'll we might talk about it a little bit during this game because it was so obvious. But I mean, the the very aggressive physical. United States style of playing is very different from like, you know, the, the passing exacting technical European style. And so the players are very curious about how that would match up. Yeah. And, you know, that's an important thing to learn to play against a team that is going to play very different from the rest of your competition and learn how to adjust around that. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of value to these. Yeah. Um, and I guess talking about rosters, I mean, it seemed to me, I, from what I could tell, I mean, Bayern started the game with what was a pretty strong player selection from them. They, um, they rotated from the Wednesday game, but they had a lot of players in there that I would consider their better players. Um, oh, absolutely. Both of, um, both of the Swedes got the start. Um, uh, yeah. Jacobson and Glass, or Jakobsen yep. and Glass. Um, and, and Kumagai um, got the start. Although I, <coughs> excuse me. I was a little confused on with her because she I've always thought of her as more of a defensive midfielder and it she seemed is. like they were playing her on the back line yep. um, for that game which uh, cuz she had a very good game on Wednesday for them 
in the defensive midfield. So I think they were doing a little bit of experimentation there. Um, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. I mean, even though I do think they – I mean, I don't think um, Lena Magul started, but Berenstein did, who's their Dutch national team member. So, I mean, they do – they did play a lot of their stronger players, but I don't know them well enough to tell how out of position they played them, but there definitely was some experimentation going on. Um, and I mean, I we do rotated think a lot of players. <laughs> they they did, and I do think that affected them, and I do – agree the um that kuma guy seemed i mean clearly i mean just based on off of Balcom's goal and how that came in back she seemed like the lone center back staying back there but um and that really kind of took me by surprise too but i mean because she she had a lot of good sequences moving forward in the in the game against psg so yep I, i think it was definitely not getting the best of her abilities having her on the back line um but you know that's uh, I am also not the coach of Bayern Munich for a reason. No, and at the same time, I mean, I think they knew that this was a game for experimentation because, I mean, no matter what, they were in the final. And two, I'm sure that they knew that we were going to rotate because they know our schedule and, and they know that this is just a friendly for us. Um, so, you know, ex- they knew that a lot, most of our starters, or I mean, I think it, it would have been smart of them to guess, and I think they did, that most of our starters were not, in fact, going to start. Yeah, and it definitely seemed like sort of Louisville and Bayern sort of took kind of opposite strategies, it seemed to me, this game, because I, I think Louisville rotated a lot of players, They, um, which it was nice to get to see a lot of minutes from, from people we haven't seen a whole lot from this season, but it definitely looked like Louisville's plan was to, to rotate, get their starters a lot, some rest, and then sub a ton of players in in the second half and really go strong for the at the end of the game yep and Bayern seemed kind of like they they wanted to put in a lot of their better players early and then sub them off and and just try to finish it out that way so it sort of seemed to me kind of opposite tactics and the game sort of played out that way I thought I I thought Bayern really had the better of the first half Absolutely. Um, even though they didn't score, they they definitely, uh, I feel like we're the better team in the first half, and they did score at, right at the very start of the second half. And and they came very close to scoring in the first half. I mean, Jakobsen in particular beat the crap out of Betas. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, with all her saves and everything she's done in our Morphids League, I don't think I've seen Betas take as many hits as she did. And I did want to... I don't want to pick on anyone, but I do know it's been, it's been a, it's definitely been an online thing this season of, you know, why isn't Hendricks playing more? Why don't we have Bonner and Hendricks as our starting back line? And I do think we, we maybe saw a couple glimpses in this game of possibly why other players have been getting that second center back role. Um, yeah, that risky I, back I don't pass. think she had the the best game, it, specifically with passing, because that that first um, the the first real hard hit that Betos took that you mentioned was almost entirely it was a a pretty bad pass back to Betos from from Hendricks that uh, Jakobsen got the jump on, and 
Beto's had to, because it was a pass on the ground, she yeah, couldn't pick the ball up. So she had to come in and kick it away. And they both got there at the exact same time is where, why she took that real hard hit. Um, that was sort of the first knock she took in the game. And I mean, like the first of like three and the rest, if I remember correctly, were off like actual shots and, and yeah. or just like sliding in the box. But yeah, I mean, that was a hard one too. And I mean, give Hendricks the benefit of the doubt. It's been a very long time since she, she yeah. has played. So I can understand, you know, kind of being off your game a little bit. But um, I, I agree. And I mean, I also think that Real has done ultimately a, a pretty solid job for us. Yeah. Um, and I think so it's I can... not necessarily just defending because I do think Hendricks is a very good just pure defender and, and she's she's one of our taller defenders and she plays physically well but I, I do think probably the the reasoning behind a lot of the lineups we've seen is I think um, coach Howley has been wanting to put some better passers and players with the, who are a little better with the with the ball at their feet back there I think is the thinking there yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Um, but yeah, it, the, a lot of good saves from Betos in the first half. Because like I said, we had that sort of lazy pass that she had to really come out strong and put her body on the line for. And then there were several shots that got deflected but were still on goal, which is the hardest thing for a keeper to save. If you get a read on a shot and then it gets deflected and you had to have to readjust – and, and um, one deflected twice, and she still yeah. managed to to save it perfectly. I mean, she is she's something else. We're so lucky to have her. Um, well, and she still has two black eyes from like two weeks ago. She still ago. basically has two black eyes too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She she has had a rough go of it lately. So I, I that, that this is from for, further on in the game, but I. I think it was very nice to see that that Lund was able to come in and have a very good um, game as well because I, I think Betos could probably use some time to heal up <laughs> a little bit. And and I certainly, after this game, am not concerned if, if she has to get any rest moving forward. No, no, me, me neither. And I mean, that's so wonderful to see, especially when you have a, a keeper that has not had any pro minutes before this. But before we get to Lund, because, I mean, that ties so much into the end of the game, I do want to say that, like, I mean, you've probably seen there's been so many free Jorian things on Twitter and everything like that. I was very happy to see her get yeah. back and to get a start. Um, and I, I do think, think she's legitimately just been the victim of – she plays at the position we have the most depth at. Exactly. I, I don't think it's, it's anything hostile. I think the – maybe – I think she's excellent. I just don't think that she's right now better than, than Salmon or Nadim. Yeah. It, uh, and it's then an embarrassment also, of riches up there. Right now. And, and Shayna on a good day. I would like to see her rotate more with McClure and Ekic. I do think that she should get into the 18th, like maybe every third game or something in the 18, every third game or something like that. Yeah. I, I, I do think, I think she's much better in the center than she is on the wing. Up front, oh yeah. Which, which has been, why she's not been able to get as many because I think Shayna does play well on the wing which she is can. why she's been able to to get a few more minutes um, and then McClure and and, and Ekic are always on the wing yeah so. so that you know it really is 
I mean, it's a very good problem to have, but it's like her and Sam are her, though, do best in the same spot, and you can't really have them both there at the same time. So, no, uh, but and her goal, I, I was going to mention, um, I think her goal reminded me of Salmon's goal in the previous game a lot. I was just going to say that. The one against Orlando where she muscled off Krieger and, and got it in, it was similar to that to me. Yeah, the, the finish was similar to that. I think that I was thinking of the setup. It, um, I was going to mention overall, I thought our we have not done a ton of the high press this season, but I think in the Chicago game and in the Bayern game, um, the press was very effective at, at getting turning the ball over in the in the opponent's half and getting goals out of it. Um, yeah, because both um, Salmon's goal and um, uh, and Bal- Balcom's goal were off turnovers that Balcom. It was a turnover in the midfield. It wasn't um, on the back line like Salmon's, but it was still that the press made them make a bad pass, which we picked off, and then just a great finish from her. And then two games before we had Shayna, you know, pick off the defender and take that walk-in goal. Yeah. So I, I would definitely, too, so. moving forward, would like to see more of the high press because definitely in the past couple of weeks, that seems, that has created a lot of good scoring chances for us. I, I think it's what they've always wanted to do and we're just finally in a point that we can do it, that we have the personnel and the cohesion in order to And it to is a good it. way to, to make use of the depth we have up forward because you can you can afford to press a little harder when you can sub out forwards and, and keep people fresh. Um, and it is it would be a good way to to get the most out of the depth we have there because we'd be rotating players more up, up top. Agreed. Um, and then just one last thing. Shout out to Malay's pass for you or cross for Yuki's volley because that was beautiful. And another another um, another ball off of a turnover in the opponent's half that they quickly um, immediately turned into a goal scoring opportunity up that was a very smart play on her to I don't think she even took a a touch I think they knocked it away from Bayern and just immediately crossed it in (laughs) that's a great great sequence yeah and that's and and even Yuki's volley was like not even thinking it was just shooting and like that's I think we need to get out of our heads when we get in the opponent's half because that's why we have too many touches and we're looking for the perfect opportunity and we're doing all these little passes and trying to set up other players instead of taking our individual chances like the Malay Yuki sequence is such a good example of what can happen if you just instinctually go for it yeah and I I wanted to mention so Yuki scored this season already but that was that was the first like big like big Yuki moment of the season that, that I've sort of been waiting to come. And she had come um, so close, like in the earlier games, I mean, she was inches away from getting goals like three times yeah. a game. So I was very happy to see, I think that's, that's like a weight off your shoulders moment. Um, and, and I'd like to see, you know, maybe she can be a little more free moving forward. And like you said, like play without thinking too hard, just let the game come to you. Agreed. Um, yeah, I guess we sort of, um, got past that Louisville made a big substitution in the 68th minute to get a lot of these players to get you, like Yuki came in in that, that wave. Cause I think that was, everything sort of happened all at once. Cause I think Betos 
from what I, uh, Michael reported uh, that the plan was always to take Betos out in the second half. Um, but I don't uh, think they're expecting to do it in that moment. Like, yeah, that, but they ended it. up having their hand forced because that's she. The the injuries finally piled up. And she had to come it, off. She had apparently been sick too, yeah. and so I mean, I think the heat just event got to her heat and dehydration on top of all those knocks. I, I think it just made it made her woozy and and sick. Yeah, she looked very. She did woozy not look good coming off the field. I was concerned, and they um. They ended up getting an extra substitution out of it because it fell under the concussion protocol. And then we got another substitution after that too, because then we also got um, oh, what was the late one that really surprised me? Like I didn't know what was going on with substitutions in this game. And just after like they had that discussion with like the the referees, well, I felt like Bayern they were ended like, up okay, getting an extra done. one because they they said that because Louisville got a concussion sub that they gave Bayern a seventh sub. Um, yeah, it, because it was not a league game, I think it was very fluid <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with the officiating. Um, but, and then, so yeah, the Yuki goal gave us the lead. Um, and I was, I was really hoping we could close it out and, and end it in regulation. Yeah. Um, but it was just unfortunate, like a very great cross from Bayern. And, um, um, Bonner, Bonner is one of those you, you have to get a foot on that you can't just let that cross get past you um, and just a split second getting a foot on it and deflected it not quite as far forward as she would have liked right into the corner of the goal just a super unfortunate on goal I, I, it's hard you can't really fault anyone on that no, I, I feel bad for Bonner. She had a very unlucky tournament in a lot of ways. You know, she yeah. played solidly, but, I mean, both her PKs weren't perfect. And then, you know, this. And I mean, you can tell what? that she's a, a kind of player. She can shake it off. She's a professional, and she's great. But you can tell she's she also takes it hard. And it's hard to, it's hard to think that having that happen so close to b- taking the PKs is not – we talked about how mental penalty kicks are in a shootout, and it's hard to think that that's not nagging in the back of your head that, like, you know, I gave up the own goal. I have to make this penalty kick count. Yep. Um, yeah, we had the, we had this in the bag until I did that, so yeah. it's up to me to fix it. Yeah, that, some own goals are worse than others, and that, that's a situation where I, I don't fault her at all on that one because that's – when a cross is fired in in a dangerous spot like that, you just have to get a foot on it no matter what. And, and sometimes it deflects in, you know, and that's, that's sort of just the price of, uh, of getting in the way of the cross. Yeah. I I think it was pretty likely on its way in no matter what, you know, if the play had been allowed to, to go through. So now, I mean, it's horrible, horrible, bad luck, but like you said, it was a, she needed to do what she needed to do. It just didn't turn out well. Yeah. Well, and uh, no fault to Lund, Lund, Lund there. Um, oh, to Katie. Can I just say Katie? Um, <laughs> because that, on a ricochet like that, especially you don't, you're not, uh, ex- you know, the, she was worried on the back post where the Bayern player was so that there's no way you can react that quick. 
No, no. And I mean, I even thought that she got down pretty close to it. Yeah, she actually yeah, did a good job of almost getting that ball. Um, yeah, so then we went to a second penalty kick game uh, for the tournament for us. Um, and, um, and it was chaos. I it mean, it was chaos. And I don't know if you, I mean, you said you watched online or on, on TV too. I mean, the t- the, the camera was shaking with yes, everybody really stopping. Fun to see. It, it really did a good job of showing the atmosphere there. I thought, I, I don't know. Hopefully we had some people outside of Louisville watching this, but I think it did a, it really showcased the game atmosphere well, I thought, because you could see the whole place bouncing. No, we, we, we definitely impressed a lot of people. I've seen a bunch of people on Twitter saying, like, oh, it was an unreal experience. Everybody from Chicago enjoyed themselves. Uh, everyone from Byron had a great here. time, apparently. Yeah, Byron had a good time. PSG <laughs> said they had a good time. I was, like, actually very impressed by, like, how good a time, like, how excited they were about going to a baseball game. Uh, got to throw out the first pitch at the game, too. I know. Uh, um, yeah, they were. They went to the Slugger Museum. They did. Yeah, they they hit all the greatest hits. Yeah, they did. And I mean, it's. Oh, and they got to go to see a um, an American football practice with uh, the Cardinals. They went and did a. They went and did like a co-practice with um, University of Louisville's football team. Yeah, and they were like fascinated by that. So, did I mean, a jersey that's, swap. That's, um, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think overall the tournament was a very good showcase for Louisville. And I guess the uh I I always love when anyone on any other team can get come to see the stadium and the training facilities. Um I'm of the opinion that any away team we should just let train at our, our new training facility <laughs> that wants to, because I, I think that will only help us in the off season with uh, it's hard to think that especially compared to some of the other situations that players are in that getting to come here and see that stadium and see those facilities does not maybe put, put a little bug in, in some players ears of like, if, if it, if the opportunity arises, they would definitely want to come play here, I would think. Oh, I think so too. I mean, they've said that um, a number of players have reached out to them already and (laughs) you know, it's, and even if like life circumstances, you know, like maybe, oh, my family's where I am and I don't really want to move, like it's not a, it's a lot nicer move. Like, oh, well, you know, this, this kind of sucks, but at least I'm going to be in like these incredible facilities and yes. this incredible stadium. I don't know. The whole trade situation's a mess, but no matter what, I definitely think it's attractive. And yeah, I it, think it, anyone that's been here is definitely impressed hopefully gonna want to come play here which is is what you want yeah i mean even the 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 teams have almost universally said like oh we want to go back to louisville because the atmosphere is so fun yeah um there's a this is um there's like a youtube blogger that does like soccer training videos that i've been watching for a couple years and he he plays for um for tulsa in 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 louisville city's league now um and like his video he posted this week was oh i saw like that his, his diary from coming to play and he was like very very complimentary like the you know this is the game they look forward to the most the whole season because like the atmosphere is the best there and the the, 
the stadium is the best in the league. So I, I, I love to see that we're making such a positive impression on, on visiting players. I agree. And I mean, what you hope for our, our league, and I mean, I'm, this is for the USL too, because I know we're, we're, even though I think things are better than they are in the NWSL by a lot um, in terms of facilities and stadiums, I mean, I still think we're top notch, but I mean, you want everybody else to be able to experience our level. I mean, yeah. I'm happy we're pushing the bar so we can benefit from it. But I think mean, I hope other teams like come out with these beautiful stadiums, and these beautiful facilities that we can enjoy going and playing it. Yeah. You know? I've said it, before that my biggest hope is that we can, that we quickly go from being a standard bearer to being the standard. Like, yeah. The standard, especially in the NWSL. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's because so much improvement that needs in the to be NWSL. Made. I mean, it's not as if we have the most resources, especially in the NWSL. Like, um, it, it is not as if the ownership groups of some of the other NWSL teams do not have the resources to do what we've done. So, I, I definitely want uh, to see. I think uh, in the USL, we probably will continue to be like a, a standard bearer, but I. I would really like to see us just be those facilities be more and more average in the NWSL. Me too. It's still going to be a long time before it happens. I mean, the, the spirit just, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent or like recap right before we finish recapping this, this <laughs> game in PKs. But like, I mean, the spirit just got a, a whole ton of new investors and they're still stuck in, in Loudoun on some of the worst turf I've ever seen in my life. And they play in, in um, the Loudon facilities field. are not even very good for the USL. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like, I even, I, we might not have the most money and the most resources, but I think our dollar goes a lot farther than any other team because of where we are. And the NWSL teams will do better in smaller markets because there's less competition and your money just goes that much farther. I mean, our teams are like living in, our team is living in palaces compared to some of the apartments that people have to live in with the, um, with the cap on housing. And from a player perspective, like, I mean, I think salaries should be higher and that's a problem across the board, but like your money will go a lot further as a player and your like standard of living will be a lot higher here in Louisville for the same pay that you're getting in, in several of the other bigger more expensive cities in the league in most of them i mean i off the top of my head i can really only think of kansas city as being comparable to louisville in terms of cost yeah um so i i I do think i mean this is like an american the mls i think also has this same problem but i i think the leagues maybe focus too much on big media center cities and overlook a lot of cities I think would actually better support a team. Um, I agree. Cause I think it does you better to be like the big thing in town than like the fourth professional team that no one, that they have, we have, they have trouble getting people to care about. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I guess leagues and a lot of fans think like, Oh, if you don't have teams in like Jersey, LA, whatever, you haven't made it. How are we going to get corporate sponsorships or corporate partnerships if we don't have teams in big cities? Yeah, I mean, LA's done a good job of, of, I mean, I have issues with LA, but they've done a, um, 
not today though because i'm really happy with what happened today but we'll get into that <laughs> but um i mean they've gotten a, a, more sponsorships than any team in nwsl history but i mean they're also in probably the most expensive city they're going to need them yeah your salary is not going to go nearly as far in la <laughs> no and i mean again we're getting really off track but I'm, I agree. I'm very proud of our facilities. I think that, I mean, uh, oh, who was it? Was it Sarah, Zara Sad, Sadrazel? I cannot remember her name. I'm sorry, I just butchered it. When she arrived here, she said, oh, you see the stadium, and, and it's a stadium that just makes you want to play. I just want to get out on the pitch now. I mean, is there a better compliment from an international yeah. player or any player than that that like the moment you see the stadium, you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's I, want to, I want to play now. I mean, there are there are top tier like major league like european men's soccer teams that do not play in a stadium as nice as as lynn um like it is not the there are bigger stadiums but it is one of the nicer stadiums in the u.s and is really competitive internationally even especially at the size it is no, I, I, I agree. And I mean, in the women's game in Europe, I mean, they play in tiny little, you know, little stadiums that hold like a thousand people and maybe like 2,000, 3,000 people. Not all of them, but I mean, a, a lot of them do that. I mean, make them, in my opinion, look less professional. Yeah. And so, you know, to come into this big, rocking, brand new stadium is, I mean, it's an experience. Every player said, from from Paris and and Bern that weren't familiar with like hadn't played here before like they weren't a Canadian player or something like that or weren't on a national team that has come to the U.S. They're like yeah we've heard that women's soccer is you know, it, well we know it's so much bigger in the U.S. and you draw so many more fans than we do to your league games because I mean like we say like oh two thousand or just under three thousand for like Chicago and Orlando so bad that's three times the average that they get in the the Division One French league yeah so. You know, I can't even imagine what, like, almost 8,000 fans seemed like. I mean, it was probably mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, so, back to the chaos. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to even recap because it was just all over the place. I mean, it had, not to skip to the end, but... It's my absolute favorite way for a penalty kick to end. And it does not, it's so incredibly rare. But when the keeper both blocks the shot to win it and scores the winning goal, it's just like peak penalty kick. I've, I've never seen it before, but it was perfection. And I don't know, one thing that has like been really, maybe every team feels this way. I don't think so, though. Louisville has had so many fairy tale moments already in our season like the Hendrix's equalizer in our first game that just everybody went insane with and shocked everybody everybody was talking about it and then Amina coming off the bench and winning the first game in her hometown stadium you know the first player ever drafted from Louisville scores the first goal and game winner in Louisville you know in the regular season and then Katie Wand playing her first professional minutes and doing this. I mean, all three of those moments, we're only halfway through the season, would be the story of the season for any other team. Like, tell I, me Casey has had any moments that okay. could count like that. And I mean, I feel bad for Casey. I'm not trying to, like, dig on them. But even, like, North Carolina Courage, tell me a, an incredible story they've had like that. 
Yeah, it, Louisville's a soccer town. They got the they got the Louisville soccer mojo. I, it's but it's almost like romantic. I mean, not like romantic, like romantic comedy, but like in the uh, novelistic sense. Like I don't know. It's it it seems like it's Hollywood almost. I love it. It's been a great ride. Um, speaking of some of the mojo rubbing off, I did want to mention just for anyone who was watching at home. I thought it was very hilarious that the entire penalty shootout, after like every single kick, they kept flipping to Oscar in the stands. <laughs> um, and it's it's just great to see the the teams supporting each other because Louisville City had a game in Oklahoma City the next day. I, I cannot believe, <laughs> one, that they weren't already in Oklahoma City, but I mean, two, it really shows how much they're supporting each other to make it out on the night before you have a game that you have to prep for the next day to, to come out and watch a game and support the team like that. It's, it's great. And it just reinforces how much the clubs do support each other. I don't think they've been able to recently, just the way that schedules have gone. But earlier in the season, if, you know, some of the girls weren't traveling, they would all take shots at themselves in the stadium watching Loose City play. Or, you know, if they happened to be around, like even more of them would go. Like I know people said that, oh, we went to our seats and there was like, Emily Fox, Nina Ekic, Trey Olson, blah, 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 blah. Like our whole starting 11 just like sitting there eating a pretzel, you know, watching Lou City. And that's, that's really great. Well, and even before we had a team, I guess I'll just mention like a couple years ago uh, for the, the Women's World Cup final, um, the 2019, the most recent one, um, there was a big watch party at O'Shea's for, for the final. And almost the entire Louisville city roster showed up um, to watch that. Even, even when we didn't have a team here. Um, so it, yeah, it's very good to see soccer players support soccer players. I agree. But I mean, like you said, we're a soccer, that, that's the kind of thing that shows like why we are a soccer town and why we do have that, that mojo, you know, like it's, it's because like, I don't know, the love is just like, there for the sport and shared amongst everybody yeah um as far as the I mean it's <laughs> it was such a great ending that it almost made me forget uh the rest of it but I, just to just to brag on just the incredible night that that Lund had I mean there were so many moments where because um, I feel like even though we made it to 11 kicks, she had to make a lot more saves than Byron's keeper did because did. we had several shots hit the woodwork. Um, and I think Lund, Lund had to make three four. saves. Four, four. Four saves? Yeah, th- it was three It was three up until the last one. She, uh, yep, and then the last one was the fourth. And, I mean, that's that's insane. And And several of those were – after um you know after the fifth one where it's sudden death and you know we were if that shot goes in the game's over uh she made several big saves in that situation you know i just like watching it i was really scared in the beginning and then i like stopped like i i felt we were gonna get this simply because she was so she was going to win this. I don't know. Like everything about her demeanor was just like, I got this. And she, uh, Gemma Bonner said that she told her right before she went 
into goal, like, I got this, I have your back. And, and she did. I mean, this is almost like she, she was not going to let us lose this. No, and you can it, see it, it on it, her face. It, she it was locked off. in. She just wanted it more. And I mean, and was just in the zone. Like everything about her was just like in the zone, exactly the way you need to be to, I think, like you said, so much of it's psychological. But I mean, I think she was just in the perfect frame of mind and just like ready to get it done. Yeah. And then uh, you posted a really great moment, but that, that last kick, you can hear because, I mean, the stadium was rocking. Everything was loud. But, um, like, while that ball was in the air before she blocked it, everything goes dead silent as the entire crowd all takes a breath at the exact same moment uh, and, and then, then explodes. And then screams. I know. It's amazing. It's, I think that is, like, I've watched probably every angle, every video, but, like, that moment where you can just hear that collective just gasp of air was, I don't know, such, even not being there in person, and I'm so sad I wasn't there in person, but like, I mean, you could feel the electricity through the TV. It was amazing. Yeah. So, um, great, great tournament, great moment to end on. We, first, first year as a team, we got hardware already. Um, yeah. We got our, we got our Wario trophy. And I mean, I'm, I'm so, uh, let's not even talk, we still let's not even talk about the trophy, but, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm so proud of us. I mean, like you said, you know, Chicago arguably, arguably outplayed us in the first game and we got a draw. Bayern outplayed us in the, in the first half, but like. I do think we, this game is a lot closer. Like it, this, this game was a lot closer, but. Bayern but definitely we, had the first half. I think Louisville had the better of the second half. I they the better of the second half too because I mean the the equalizer was a, an own goal but even so like we wanted this so much more and it makes sense I mean look at the three teams we're playing but like not only because this is our home stadium and not only because this is like our first real trophy besides I guess the challenge cup that we could win but like we wanted this so much as a team like we wanted that tangible proof that like we've improved over the season and are a good team and like we we got it I mean look back over some of the photos that like Connor Cunningham and um, like B-Buck photography took and like the players are ecstatic for, you know, this trophy that, I mean, it's a friendly trophy that, I mean, you can say, oh, well, it's just preseason players. But I mean, this meant so much to the team. It's going to go in the gift shop like all the other ones. It's hardware. It is. And it's, it's a great accomplishment. I mean, nobody, I remember, and of course, I mean, let's not even go into Twitter hot takes. But when we announced that we were even having a tournament, you know, people laughed and said, oh, no European team is going to come to Louisville. And then they announced Bayern and, and PSG, and then the goalposts moved. Oh, they're going to destroy you. Yeah. And then we win. And, I mean, it's, it's just incredible that we're able to do this in our first year, even knowing, you know, all the asterisks that are attached to it. But it's still more fun to win things than to not win things. It is, but I mean, I, I would have been happy if, if we finished second. Like, that's oh, yeah. a huge accomplishment for the ninth place team in the NWSL that's only seven months old, playing against the three oldest teams in their respective leagues, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, so just, it, just a great week overall. A whole lot of fun. I, I was very happy to see um, 
so the Saturday game is the attendance record now, right? Yep. And and that no season tickets counted towards that. So that legitimately, nope. like all of those tickets were bought just for that game. So that's all a those, big deal. All and, those tickets I, were bought, and and they were worried at first that it was going to be under attended. Like they were worried for a long time. I mean, it, it's usually when when season tickets don't count, that's usually a big problem for attendance. So and I. That means there were a lot of non-season ticket holders had to have bought tickets to that game. So I, and and practically every season ticket holder still bought tickets too. I yeah. mean that's that's a pretty huge accomplishment. And I could just see online like there were a lot of people who went who may have gone to like one racing game. They're mainly a loose city fan, or they're just they were just like oh here's a big deal. I'm just gonna go. I saw a number of people who were like I've never been to a soccer game. And at the end of it, they were like, oh, my God, I'm a fan for life. I've never had an experience like that. Even people who have, like, watched soccer, you know, since, like, the beginning of Blue City, some of them were like, I've never had an experience like that in the stadium because it was just so wild, you know, getting to those PKs and just, like, how ecstatic the crowd was and everything. It's – I really, truly hope that it will be something that will boost our attendance from yeah, now on. I, Maybe not – Maybe not I was going to say that I hope it's a stepping stone. I I'm greedy, but I want to see I want to see us past that ten thousand. Oh, me too. Special. But I mean, I hope that we maybe will bump to like high six k into like seven k for a couple more times this this season, just be off the momentum of this. You know, people saying like, "Wow, that was really fun." You know, like we need to get back to a game as opposed to be like, "Oh, you know, we'll go to one eventually." Yeah. So, um, did you have anything else for the, the Women's Cup? No, just that, I mean, I think it was a, a, it couldn't have been a better experience for us all around from just being able to, to rotate, to win, to have that collective experience. I don't know. And also to show us, uh, so many more people traveled for this than they, they would have previously. The Chicago fans were so wonderful. Oh, that, we didn't bring that up, but the Wednesday game – um, and the Saturday games, but the, I thought the, the supporters groups and all the Chicago fans, like it was some good vibes in there. Um, especially Saturday because they weren't playing at the same time, like, um, sharing the capo stands and just it, um, that, that is, that's the way I like to see opposing fans get treated and treat each other. I, I am not big on like the, the soccer goon, mentality i think like everyone should support their team but also like we're all fans of the game and so there should be a lot of camaraderie there that i'm always happy to see and i know that there's issues with nwsl fandom being toxic but like i do want to try and reiterate to people that the supporters groups the fans of the teams are a lot like us you know the people from the chicago local are great it's the people who are only fans of one player that don't really have loyal to a team and i'm making big broad generalizations well but like and we can be friends with supporters because i i want to mention there are a lot more people at games than there are people on twitter (laughs) yes and i do think twitter can be very distorting uh, a lot yes. of times, so it does not take very many people to build a toxic atmosphere on Twitter. No. But those are people are really a drop in the bucket as far as support for the teams goes. No, so I, I mean, I think I, sometimes I, you can read into Twitter a lot, lot more than. I, I 
Absolutely. And I mean, I've had friends from, from Portland, even though that they had their own tournament going on, you know, text me and tweet me to be like, oh my God, we're so proud of you. Like, there are wonderful fans in the NWSL. They're just often not the loudest. And well, they're and wonderful, so they're not talking crap. So you're not going to find them because they're talking crap about you. Props to Portland. The NWSL swept the, the Intercontinental Tournaments I love it. this week. Uh, I think they won, was it 1-0 against Lyon? Yep. Yeah, I think so. I can't. I honestly, I'm going to go back and watch them sometime this week. And they, uh, so I, haven't, I haven't been paying too much attention because I want to watch them kind they of. They really played the kids. Like they put in all the young players. They did. They yeah. did. But I mean, that's that's exciting. And again, that's what this is for, right? That's a big part of this. Yeah. Um. All right. So I guess looking forward, our next racing game is the um, tomorrow. It's, it's Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday the 25th. Wait, no. Is uh, today Monday? Today is Monday. Well, Oh, my God. I've lost track of time. Okay, it's, yes, it's on Wednesday. When people are listening to this, it's probably Wednesday. So okay. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably tonight there's a game against Kansas City for the listeners. Okay, yes. Let's clarify that because that was a really confusing exchange depending <laughs> on what day it is. Yes, but, it's on um, Wednesday. It's Wednesday night at 8 p.m. I did want to know, um, you know, it. Uh, it's at Kansas City, and I, I looked at on 538, and Louisville is the slight favorite, um, which is nice to see for an away game. Um, so, at Kansas City, I, did you want to mention some roster news for Kansas City? Yeah, they got Adriana French, um, who is the backup United States national team keeper, and, and really just one of the most beloved players, I think, in Portland Thorns history got traded to uh to kansas city and it really broke a whole lot of hearts and it uh, really in portland it cemented my read from the um expansion draft because it seemed to me with the way that they protected players i thought they really were expecting louisville to pick up one of their goalkeepers and it well they wanted us to take branch um what was that I th- I'm pretty sure they wanted us yeah. to take French. I think they thought we were going to take French, and when we didn't, probably were looking to trade her, because I think Bixby is local. I think they were maybe planning on transitioning to Bixby this season. And and she's so good that, I yeah. mean, it is hard to have her as a backup, and this is also a perfect opportunity, because it's not like they just traded French away. I mean, French may not have wanted to come to Louisville. I mean, for as much as people are like, no, we don't want them if they don't want to play for us. There are legitimate reasons people might not want to move. And one is like, you know, her wife and her family in Portland, but she has family in Kansas. She's from Kansas. So I can see why she would want to go home to play. Yeah. But yeah, I, that seemed to me to be like a domino effect from, from the expansion draft. I possibly. absolutely agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Um, but yeah, that, so that will be an interesting matchup. I think Louisville has played really well against Kansas City so far when they've when they've matched up this season. Um, and then there's because it's the crazy time of the year. Isn't there also a weekend game? There's a game on Sunday where we're going to be in Houston, um, and that'll be an interesting game because this will be the first time we play Houston with all their all their players. Like. Um, I, I think almost everybody is there with the exception of Rachel Daly when they came here and we won 1-0. So that wasn't that much of a deficit. But uh, playing them in Houston with their full roster will, will be interesting for us. 
I don't know. It's this is such a tight string of games, and I, I this just lends to my theory that we play. I mean, so far we're let's just say we're undefeated in August, like across all competition. Um, that's pretty amazing. We've won what, like four games in a, or not one, but we've been undefeated four games in a row. That's pretty great. And that again, that's all competitions. That's including the the tournament. And so, like, I, I don't know, I think it really juices us, us up to play in a tight schedule. The last time we did this well was in June when we had three games in seven days. We won, we won two and dropped one. Yeah. That's so my theory, at least. I think definitely, <laughs> I think a lot to look forward to. Absolutely. And I really am curious to see, I mean, we're on the front end of it, but it's, it's going to be a really tough stretch with all these games. So I think we're going to get to see a lot from some players we haven't seen a whole lot from. Um, I hope so. I think so. it will be interesting moving forward. And I'm glad that this tournament did show that we can rely on and, and get great results from Lund and Otto and Falcom and, you know, not drop much in quality at all, if at all. Yep. Well, that's, that's pretty much all I had for the week. Did you have anything else, Becky? The, I know this is going on really long, but the, we should at least briefly mention the, uh, the trade news that happened today. Oh, yes. Um, so big news. I think not surprising news, especially given, given some of the leaks that have been coming out last few weeks. But um, uh, Louisville made a trade with uh, Los Angeles um, for Kristen Press's rights, as well as $75,000 in player <laughs> allocation imaginary money. Um <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Los Angeles first round college draft pick. So that's going to be the first or second pick. I yeah. mean, that's that's about a big as good as it gets. It's a big deal. Oh, and also protection from the draft from which is the from key. Los Angeles. Which is the key. I mean, we we gave up a player who we basically got for free because the seventy five k is the wash for what we would have gotten if we hadn't taken Press's rights. And so we basically got paid that money back player who was never going to play for us we get one of the top players in the draft and there are some very very good players who are going to be at the top of the draft this year um even if one or two goes to europe there's still some great options and um and we we don't have to worry about losing anybody else so now in an expansion draft the most we're going to lose potentially is one player if we can't make a deal with san diego and that's exceptionally good yeah so huge um i think a good move like a I think there was some questions when we took Press and Heath of what was going to come from that. And I think this was probably the one of the best case scenarios you could have thought of without them coming here and playing. Absolutely. I was really skeptical and I think this trade alone made it worth it, honestly. Heath will we'll see what happens there. I think there's going to be a little more yeah, I, more trouble there, but not I, I expect we'll probably gonna do another trade that involves expansion draft exemptions or or something along those lines i hope so but if worse goes to worse we'll leave her unprotected and make a deal with san diego to potentially take her in the draft i mean that's not as big and glamorous as getting the money in the first draft pick or second draft pick or whatever it is from from la but it still saves us a player and roster protection is what we were setting out to get and that would get it for us so yep all right well i think that covers everything this week there's a lot of it yeah a lot, of, a lot of big news. Good week. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to, I, I don't know why, but if you want to hear more from All right, well, 
Uh, I don't know why, but if anyone is interested in following me on Twitter, you can find me at Zach W. Allen. And you can find me again at Suki is a cat, S-U-K-I-I-S-A-C-A-T. Just think of Suki is spelled like Yuki with an S. <laughs> and thanks again for filling in, Becky. No uh, problem. It's my pleasure. It's always fun to talk. And Absolutely. for everybody else, thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.